You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind. My name is Daryl O'Connor. Welcome back. Thank you to everybody who was at Comic-Con. We really appreciate you. really appreciate you coming along to the show. For new listeners, thank you for picking up the cards, checking us out. We also appreciate it again. All the links are there. Nerdtonomedia.com is where all the links are for that show, but also the WrestlingRewind.com is where all the, sh- all the links for us are. You can contact us about anything, and this show really is for you guys as well. Also on the True Penny channel, and as I said, my name is Daryl O'Connor, but I'm not alone. I am joined by my co-host, the one, the only, undefeated one and all, <laughs> Mr. Martin Herty. How are things, Martin? Grand, Daryl. I'm just sat here in a puddle of bloody sweat. I've been... Uh... I don't know how you're uh, taken to the heat, but I've been um, padding about the house all day, uh, topless, and I just I, I threw a threw a shirt on for for the benefit of anyone who might be watching the might we be watching the video. We appreciate it. Um, I was the same, and then my power went today, and I was like, well, I can't go to work. Uh, ended up going into the office, doing some work there, and then I went to the gym. And luckily, my gym has a pool. So nice. I got to actually go to a pool today, and it was wonderful. So I'm like properly nice and you, chill. You, you a bit like me when you go to the gym for an hour, you go, you spend fifteen minutes in the sauna, fifteen minutes in the steam room, <laughs> twenty minutes in the pool, ten minutes in the shower. Here's the trick, right? <laughs> Do an hour of cardio, and then reward yourself by the pool and the sauna, etc. That's the way to do it. Because uh, the whole time you're like, oh god, this is hell. But the good part will happen. <laughs> the good part will happen afterwards. So that's I what think, I do. I don't think I could uh, take an hour of cardio. That's that's why I made sure to end my uh, my oh, MMA sorry. debut in the first round. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you still have a, a better uh, streak than Punk, and he still hasn't challenged you. He showed up back to challenge back. Mox. So he's more he's more afraid of you than Mox. He's back and he hopped around in his foot. So no more excuses, punk. No more excuses. Let's let's do this. <laughs> he's more he's more afraid of you than he is of Mox. So that says something. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean that's my advice. You know, if you're if you're going to the gym, and it it's not fun. Like I mean, I don't know. I don't get people who say oh, the gym is fun. It's, it's not. Um, but an hour of cardio and then reward yourself by the pool. That's that's what I do. That's my system. Uh, but I got these in-ear earphones actually recently for the you know for the gym. Oh man, yeah. they're brilliant. But also like I don't need to carry around big heavy earphones all the time now. So I'm just like, oh these are great. You know, and then if you get you wearing them and you're like, wait, no, I am actually wearing these 
these things, you know. It's, I didn't really like the whole earbuds thing, and then I got onto it. So, anyway, I'm I'm not a fan of them either. But I I have a what's called neckband headphones. They look like they're traditional over the top of your head headphones, but they're they're weird. They kind of hook around your ears. I used to have those for years. Yeah. I, I love them because one, the way the hook around your ears is the they stay on if you're running or jumping or doing whatever. But mm. the the other thing I love about them is when people see them, they they think they're just ordinary headphones and then they try and put them on, you know, like <laughs> normally and then it's it's fun. You can sit and watch them there for two or three minutes while they try to figure out how they work. I used to use those for years when I was over in Italy, they were all the rage. And then when I came home they were very hard to get. And I mean, I, I resisted the in-ears for ages because, you know, they fall out. But the only yeah. ones that I found that don't do that and are still have the noise cancellation. Well, uh, ear can sorry, skull can And again, we're not endorsed by either one. But, you know, if they want to let me know, I'd more than happy to be endorsed by any company. We'll talk about it. Um, skull candy were great. Any, but company, but any company. And we have no ethics or morals. In, we do in not. To <laughs> we, we totally do not. <laughs> but I had the, the skull candy ones and, and they were really good for the gym, but they didn't have noise cancellation. Uh, but they were like a little bit cheaper so they were quite good entry level ones but I just said right I'm just going to go get similar ones and I got the Sony noise cancellation ones and you just sit in and they're great and I'm like this is cool so again we're not endorsed by any of them but if they, if they want to we have no ethics and we will take any money absolutely not if if, <laughs> if a check comes in this show will be endorsed by Triple H <laughs> and Raw I mean I'm happy I'm okay with that I mean that's I did that for free <laughs> Anyway, oh by the way, I did get the question during the con where people are like, "Who's your favorite wrestler?" I'm like, "Triple H." And that was it. I was like, it's like, yeah, there you go. So, that you know, was it. I no, always, whenever people ask that, I always break it down. I mean, do you mean ever or do you mean right now? Well, I believe Triple H should have all the belts. Still, yeah. <laughs> always. Even like, even like the AEW and the New Japan belts. <laughs> I mean, it goes without saying. There's no real champion except for Triple H. OTT. Real... <laughs> Actually, shout out to the OTT lads and ladies at the Airless, and they were super nice at Comic-Con. So, uh, and I have to say, people really enjoyed the show. That was actually really, really good. Um, so, yeah, we're going to try to get the OTT folks on because uh, that would be cool to, to kind of have that. But we did actually talk to them and they were super nice as well. So that was pretty cool. But Not we have something that isn't cool to get to. Well, b- before we before we get to that, I've, I've something even even less cool that I just wanted to mention first. Um, OTT, fantastic uh, in the Irish company. Yes. Uh, and a genuinely fantastic, like, by international standards, OTT is a, a fantastic company. Uh, unfortunately for Irish wrestling, this week we saw the closure of Phoenix Wrestling, who were in Munster, uh, located in Munster area. And we had their um, sort of owner and operator, Kieran Lynch, on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, so they, ha- or Billy Bedlam Lynch, as we called them. Um, so, so, yeah, I saw they this. They closed down. So this happened on Facebook during the week, and it was like, from from memory, it was something like uh, Phoenix Wrestling is closing immediately. So, and I know there were some shows booked, and we, we were supposed to go to Limerick and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the shows it, planned. They had just they, they actually gone. had a big, um, sort of <laughs> forbidden door type thing with the uh, Fight Factory. Yeah, Fight Factory. Um, yeah, uh, you know so. Whatever happened, uh, just hope 
up uh, Bedlam and the guys are all good. They were genuinely a great company. It'd be a big loss out there in Monster. Uh, in Monster. Um and particularly like you were saying, you know, your uh Seamus used to work for a company you worked for and mm. I know down in Cork um uh Prince Devitt used to do like a wee bit of a train and stuff down there. So it it goes to show like um these independent promotions, you know, the, they're the backbone of the global wrestling industry. Like you, yeah. it really is where where you get your start. Whether you go to the top of the world or like myself, you, <laughs> you just end up on a wrestling podcast. Well, here's the thing, you know, and it is sad to hear that. Like it, it genuinely is. Um, yeah, I thought you would have had some some insider deets, but obviously you don't. But if we do hear about it, we'll let you guys know. Um. But yeah. I mean, but the, the thing about the thing about independent and WWE have actually started moving back to that now with Triple H because for a while actually it was looking the way that if you were an independent wrestler you were never going to WWE. It was, it was a handicap, yeah. You yeah, you, you just weren't. But here's the thing: it's it's like and I had to stop saying here's the thing because it's kind of my catchphrase where I just say all, I I blame Tim Pool. That's what he says all the time, and I you know I I like Tim Pool. Guess not him, but yeah, he says it all the time. So it's obviously, a future T-shirt. <laughs> His guests are quite good, though, but now he's rubbed off on me. Um, if you don't have an independent scene, and same with wrestling, if you're, it's same with wrestling as it is with music, if it is with uh, art, art, any kind of art or performance. If you don't, yeah. if you're not out there, you know, learning how to do it, when the big stage comes, you're prepared for it. You know, yeah. and you see, and I think the best kind of crossover is with these independent artists where, like, you go see this band play and they suck. <laughs> and then they get better and better and they play bigger and bigger shows. And then all of a sudden, they're playing vacant, you know, on the main stage or something like that. Yeah. It's the same at wrestling. You know, if, the, if there's no, if there's none of those guys and girls there doing that, well, how do you think it's going to happen? You know, where, where are they going to learn? <laughs> They're not going to show up in WWE because we've seen that and it's terrible. And again, at that um, during the week or during SummerSlam, there was a report um, that was from the Observer that the actual tryouts that they'd have, the, I think, don't know what they called them, it was like WWE Experience or whatever, where they'd bring in college footballers, footballers and yeah, and the like. And apparently, there was a rake of injuries. Yes, yeah, from that. <laughs> It was a disaster, according to the Observer. So, you know, folks, the main thing about it is it's like if you like wrestling and you want to have these WWE stars, you know, from Ireland, go I, to OTT. I, I think, <laughs> I think know, one of go the to great, Fight Factory. I think one of the great things about the indie scene is it, not even that it trains wrestlers in different styles, not even that you used to work in different crowds. It knocks the ego out of any wrestler. Mm. Um, working on the indie scene so I think a lot of these guys are coming in from you know they're big in college football or whatever and mm. they're you know tough guys and they get in the ring and they're out there to hurt somebody mm. um, whereas if you are a wrestler and you've done the circuits and you've paid your dues and you've you know busted yourself in front of 15 people I think it uh, humbles you a lot it knocks the ego out of you and, and you understand it a wee bit more like you understand that it's not about about hurting anybody like it's like Brett Hart says the proudest boast of his career was that he never hurt anybody. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's good, good to see them moving back in that direction. But that's the same. It's uh, the, the best thing as well. Like, you know, when you're playing these shows to, to 10 people, you know, 
it does really kind of humbly as well. Because then when the bigger shows happen, you're like, oh, well, okay, whatever. And that's important. You know, the ego, everyone has an ego, but, you know, you really saw at, at um, Comic-Con where, you know, these guys were going out and the girls as well were going out and, and having great matches. Two, two, like, massive crowds. But people who've never seen wrestling before. And because they're used to working in front of a whole bunch of different people, they were still able to do what they were they were doing in a way that no one got hurt, um, but also in a way that engaged everybody. Because if you have somebody who's, and it, it's the same as anything, if you have somebody who is just used to doing one thing and has never thought about anything else, that's all they're going to be able to do. But if you're able to throw them in different crowds, you know, be it 10 people, be it 15 people, be it 500 people, be it a million people or whatever, it's it's you know if you're doing a television match it's it, it's important to always show. Someone said to me um, a couple of years ago, you know, it doesn't matter how many people are out there, you put in the performance as if there's a million people out there, and yeah. that's the attitude to have. With wrestling, yeah. it's a little bit different because you don't want to hurt anybody. Because I mean, you hurt somebody. That's the whole point of why wrestling is scripted. Um, because you know they can do it every night. <laughs> if you end up hurting everybody, that defeats the purpose. So you can't do it, right? But um, yeah, man, it was really, really good. So it it, it sucks that um, you know, Phoenix Wrestling is gone. Yeah, and and there were it like, really does genuinely really good company in terms of the shows they put on, but also just in terms of the the way the treated wrestlers. And you know, we had um, like we said, we had Kieran on the show, and he he talked about the the nights that they have specifically for women training and he seemed like a very sort of conscientious and aware um promoter so it's a big big shout out to everyone down in cork and limerick and that area hope everyone's okay and you know hopefully we'll see see more people uh down the road in other places a lot of great wrestlers down there like mm. some raven creed and butch armstrong and anita vaughn and that and i've, I've no doubt we'll see them We'll see them uh, all over the country and and beyond. Absolutely. Um, also, some uh, AEW wrestlers actually. A, sorry, let me say that again. Some Irish wrestlers actually appeared in AEW there recently. Um, from Ooh. the who's doing the well, uh, con- continental belt? Is that what's called? Oh, the um, All Atlantic. That's it. Yeah, apparently uh, during the oh, during, took during the pack. yeah took on pack yeah. Oh, nice. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, so I think it was on AW Dark, but still. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. Uh, well, I know uh, Session Moth Martina had wrestled on Dark. Yes. And I think didn't Killian Dane show up at, at one but the, stage? But they even used an Irish referee as well. Niall Fox, I think is his name. My friend's up on Facebook. Oh, Nile. He, yeah. he got a show, yeah. Um, so, so that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, fair play to AEW for, for doing that, you know? Um, yeah, this All Atlantic title it got a it got a good bit of um, derision when it was first introduced, and I kind of understand why because they really didn't need another singles men's title. Mm. Um, but to be fair to them, they've they've done a hell of a job of differentiating it, you know, ma- making it something else that it's like the touring international title. Um, right. So I, I think it's. If this is what they're doing with it, I think it's different enough that it, it sort of justifies its existence. Um, yeah, it, it seems to be kind of like the um, 
what the European title probably was supposed to be, where they defend it in Europe. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think it's a good idea. And it's probably partly to do with the fact that Pac lives in England and, you know, he, he can't be at every show. And Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Right, so that's our new segment done. So again, guys, if you have anything you want us to discuss, please do let us know. Um, we'd more than happy to be able to uh, discuss it and also bring you guys on, have a conversation or whatever. But we have to step into the time machine, which we haven't stepped into in a while, actually. Um, no, so much. <laughs> so, so much bloody going happen. on. But guys, if you do want to reach us, you can. You can email us, the wrestling rewind, NTK at gmail.com is our direct email or near to no media at gmail.com. Um, that's how you can reach us. The best way to reach us, actually, if you want all the links, is just go to near to media, near to, uh, near to no or the wrestling and they'll give you two nice link trees with everything on it. So that is the best way to do it. Instead of me saying hundreds of URLs, which you're never going to look up, just go to those two and you're good to go. Has links to everything. Right. So we're stepping in the time machine. We're going back to 2001 to Nashville, Tennessee to a pay-per-view genuinely I totally forgot existed because I was always like, you know, when they're doing the Seven Deadly Sins thing and then randomly Super Bowl appears, you're like, I'm not going to remember that. This took place in... I was so weird. They called it, they give it the subtitle of Revenge, Revenge, the Super Brawl Revenge. But if they had kept up the Sins thing, they could have called it like Super Brawl Wrath or something like that. But yeah. who like trying to <laughs> trying to get logic from 2001 WCW, you know? So the interesting note about the venue, right? Um, it's it's the Nashville Municipal Auditorium, right? It it actually held, believe it or not, Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> is that the, is that Swear, where the that's where he had it? Oh, that's amazing. It is. It comes full circle, folks. Oh, my God. Well, well, as we discussed last week, unless he's doing this bloody rematch in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently today he came out and he said he regrets his last match and he, he wants to keep going. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> there we go. Man's determined today in the yeah. ring. That's it. He's gone to Randy Ramit and that's just the way it is. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, fair enough. I mean. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. But it's funny. We're talking about a pay-per-view, which was an absolute train wreck at a certain point, And it still wasn't as bad as what happened now. So people <laughs> who want to bad mouth WCW in 2001, there's a lot to say. Still not as bad as what, what can happen in, in modern wrestling. Especially, and this is the frustrating thing we've noticed the um, past couple of months. Obviously, WCW hit absolute rock bottom. Um, I can't remember that the name of the pay per view, but it was the one with that stupid match with Goldberg, where he was like shooting through it, you know, talking about leaving and not coming back and all this crap. Um, but ever since then, and as you get closer and closer to the sale of the company and basically the death of WCW, these pay per views have actually been getting better and better. They've been they're not by any means fantastic, but most of this, apart from the main event, which we'll talk about. Uh, mm. Most of this was a <coughs> decent to actually pretty good uh, pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, most of it was, it was more than serviceable. It was actually very, very good um, until it wasn't. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, 
so this happened 2001 february 18th so parallel to this there was a no way out 2001 which was a much better show um and uh yeah the tagline yeah. a path of destruction a night of vengeance it's funny the last pay-per-view of the year would be known as vengeance by wwe oh, oh yeah before um before uh, the Royal rumble oh yes yeah sorry mm-hmm. i was you're thinking the other way i was thinking of going forward but the next pay-per-view they have after no way out is That's x7 funny. yeah but the reason why they used vengeance instead of armageddon is because 9-11 Oh. Yeah, so they dropped it. That's the way they did it, yeah. Armageddon, I mean, I'd understand if the pay-per-view had been called something like The Twin Towers or <laughs> Armageddon's a bit... Yeah, but I mean... General. I don't know. That's that's the reason. And it never made sense to me as a kid. I was like, oh, where did the cool cars go? And But they still had that cool kind of hammer thing and Jericho won the two belts. So I don't remember anyone being upset as a, as a kid, but I also remember thinking... This is weird, but that's why they did it. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's we, mad. There's, during this, um, so obviously the, the WCW, the WWE editors miss this when they're going back. But during this, you can see a guy yes. walking around with a WWF sucks sign in the crowd. And they it's actually just missed, like. They actually missed a fair bit. The editors, I don't think, watched the show really that well. I think this was one that slipped because I forgot about it. They like There's a lot of stuff on this, which I did keep notes of. Um, on this show that the WWE editors totally missed. That's yeah, but I, th- I thought the <laughs> thought the WWF sucks sign was hilarious because they were you know in Nashville with four thousand three hundred people in the building yeah. and I think fifty thousand buys on pay per view. Yeah. Meanwhile, WWF was doing No Way Out in front of fifteen thousand people with six hundred thousand pay per view buys, and a month out from WrestleMania X Seven, the biggest pay per view of all time. <laughs> like, there's, there's a day hard for even with all that going on. He's like, nope, Steiner on Nash is better. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta admire that kind of blind loyalty. I mean, it was the home of WCW and would become the home of TNA for a reason. They did not like WWE. And here's the thing. They did probably love AEW as well. Probably your man is an AEW fan. One of those, you know, people who harasses people on the internet for no reason. Um, what is the, the sort of crossover? Like, are, are Impact fans, like, generally in so, favor of AEW? Or so, are they uh, as so, opposed to it as... So, right, I would be that demographic, right? I don't care. I watch Impact. That's it. That's most Impact fans. We're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Christian's there. We like Christian. So, I mean, as I said, I I, I kind of watch everything, but also don't. I watch the stuff I have to watch, but I will always watch Impact every week because it's great. You know, oh, you, not, still, you still watch Impact? Yeah. Well, it's oh, not great, awesome. but it's not great, but it's not bad either. I mean, it's the most, it's like, it's like, you know, when you have potatoes, yeah. they're like just a standard meal that you're like, oh, potatoes. Okay, there we go. Yeah. You're not going to be upset about it, but you're like, all right. If, if they know? weren't there, you'd miss them. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's completely like, it's like the, the same thing happened with, um, until it kind of fell in on itself. The, the, what's the, the NWA, the Power Hour. People, yes. Yeah, it's like the way people watch it. And it had no relevancy, but it was just kind of there. A, uh, Impact still has some relevancy because it's so persistent. 
Yeah. I think it's like one of the long like it, it's outlived WCW by like a couple of years now at this point, which is crazy to think about. It's it's crazy when you think about that. It's the cockroach of wrestling, isn't it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> there'll be, a, there'll be so, a, a global nuclear apocalypse and the only thing left will be cockroaches. There'll still be somebody in the impact, impact zone in a match, like <laughs> there'll still be something happening. The, the the red cockroaches will probably be booking the show like What but, what's the two headed mutant doing in the impact zone? <laughs> But I mean, like the thing about it is the crossover. It like if Impact went away, that's a, probably a fair question. I think they'd probably go back to WWE. You think so? Yeah, but now, the, but the diehard would, would the have now now you know, no Vince. no with, with Vince they probably would have just stopped watching. Yeah, but the thing about it is now. Um, the crossover with WCW fans, I think, and this is what happened, they've become very uh, AW because AW pretty much just is WCW. I mean that in a good way, I don't mean in a bad way, but I uh, like it very much is one. Like, that's when one when, when going back and watching these shows, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, there's AW, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's definitely you can see, um, yeah, the Canyon. The, like you say, the good aspects of like Canyon WCW, all of Canyon. Is in like oh. sprinkled, he sprinkled in like six AEW wrestlers. <laughs> they and just do his moves. It's mad when you're sort of watching this back, and I, I actually have this referenced a couple of times in my notes. Mm. Um, as we get closer and closer to the purchase of WCW and the invasion angle and all, yeah, and there's some genuinely great wrestlers here. There is, yeah, that there WWF really is. did nothing with when they bought you know, the contracts isn't that, it, that they is, really should have. Isn't it such a shame? I think if if this had happened now, let's say, and Triple H was was Vince, it would have been so different. It really would have been. I mean, like yeah. the first match alone, hire everybody in that first match. Yeah, everyone. Like there you go. You, you there you, you, that instantly. Hundred percent. Instantly. S- six really hungry guys. Yeah. Really eager to get out and show what they can do. And kill and, each other in uh, in such a. So it's a long but grueling match at the same time. It wasn't like, like okay, so the first match was a, was Elimination Chamber. It was Elimination Match, not Elimination Chamber. Elimination Match, Shane Helms, uh, Evan Karasis, Kaz Hitashi, Jamie Noble, Shannon Moore, and Young Yang right now. Yeah, they did hire a few of them, but not in the way that they probably should have been used. They were used in very weird ways later on. I, th- these- I think it's a testament to how good these guys were that they've basically opened in in whatever iteration whether it's a six man or a tag or a ladder match or whatever it was these same three teams have basically opened every wcw pay-per-view that we've covered for the past six months maybe and have been the consistently best match on the whole card and still happy to see and i've seen this match maybe four or five times at this stage and I was still happy to see it and still enjoyed it and still one of the highlights of the show. I was very interested in the way I was very interested in the way that they actually did um you know laid out this match. It's very, very hard to do an elimination match. And to be fair, like it wasn't like a Texas style match. You weren't all in there at the same time. It was kind of like they would tag in certain times. So yeah, and it had the added complication that even though there were three tag teams, it was for a single spell. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so they weren't eliminating each other as tag. Te- they were all in there as six individual yeah. wrestlers. Yeah, even though they're three 
teams. Yeah, I made it, that 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 bit made no sense. But you know, so a lot of convoluted WCW nonsense. But the the a cruiserweight division in WCW was always where you could have all the WCW nonsense, but the talent would still shine through. Yeah, I mean, that was like one of, there we go, we say it again. That was one of the ridiculous statements of this whole show when they're like, hey, hey guys, you're all tag teams, but <laughs> we're going to give you a title shot for the cruiserweight belt. It's so stupid. And, and you got to fight each other. And you have to fight each other. And you have to tag in as well. So you have to work as a tag team. It... Ridiculous, carry on. Ridiculous, yeah, it was, ridiculous. It was bad. But, but like, like I say, for 15 minutes, switch that off, watch the match. Great stuff. I have to say, right? So the, the Nightmare on Helm Street is sick. Yeah. The Vertebraker <laughs> is terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Those, oh man. Those moves are just class. Also, again, it's been a while since I've seen a jump and reverse pole driver. Kind of don't don't like seeing them, but it's nuts. Some of the stuff they pulled out in that match, and some of it was a little bit scary because they were a wee bit botchy. Now I, I get it; there was six guys in the ring, six high flyers, loads of people bouncing off ropes at the same time, and different things. So, look, there's bound to be a, a bit of mistakes happen. So, I wouldn't. I would necessarily vote the match down, you know, in terms of score, but the, there was a, a wee bit of botchiness in it that was fairly noticeable. It was botchy, but it wasn't like dangerous botchy. Like no one got like hurt. It was no, just a li- wee bit of setup here and there where they're like yeah, getting in positions. And yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I'm okay with that. I can, I can comfortably look past stuff. It's like when you're watching tables match or a tables, ladders and chairs match. And like, someone's outside setting up this massive spot for like 15 minutes it's like what are you doing <laughs> oh yeah there's a big spot coming you know yeah, just... <laughs> that actually happened later on in this show actually um but yeah definitely the match to kick things off it got people really riled up the crowd were super into it uh shane helms eventually did win so he would be he's the number one contender for uh the cruiserweight title at greed so we'll we have that to look forward to, which is actually a unique match. And in about eighteen minutes, that was it. Now, here's what's interesting. So we've talked about um, huge erection, right? Build a mot. Um, a lot. That's just because we're in the in the PG era of the of the podcast. That's the P- Hugh, as in Hugh Grant. Yeah. The the initial G. Yeah. And his surname is Mister Rection. Yeah. So basically. WCW is written by 12-year-olds, wasn't it? It was. Vince Russo was having a great old time. And he's apologized for it in his book, and then he went back on the apology and apologized again. I've read his three books. They're they're an experience. Um, So (laughs) basically what happened here is it was the joke, and the joke is very obvious. So Misfits in Action was the group. Uh, The Wall betrayed Morris, right? And uh, basically that's what happened so a lot of matches on this show had the theme of revenge so there was stuff happening on less so on nitro it was mainly just worldwide and 
thunder. thunder yeah. That these were happening, so like nobody saw what was happening, basically. I don't know what they were showing on Nitro. I genuinely don't because I'm like, how did a lot of these matches just not happen? But anyway. So it's, yeah, I noticed that actually when I was watching the video packages. It's like they were all from I Thunder. An awful lot of this footage is from Thunder. <laughs> I was like, well, you're just trying to get everybody to watch Thunder, but anyway. And Thunder was never good. It's not like SmackDown where we're into rough patches. Thunder was never good. And I'm sorry if you were a huge fan of Thunder. Okay. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not. But uh, yeah, a lot of this happened on Thunder. So they were like, all right, right on. And um, yeah, so that led into our next match. So um, Hugh Morris is now his new name uh, against the wall. And that, that was it was a very, very paint by the numbers singles match way too long he yeah he eventually won it was it was it was fine uh they're two big gays so if they had went out there real intense and done the big spots and batted each other for five minutes this would have been great uh it came in i think around 10 minutes it was it was far too long for what it was it's far too long for two gays who are, are just scream mid card um and uh man your man the wall he was gassed in like the first two minutes he, so he was you, walking around with this like big beetroot red head on him sucking air like two minutes into the bloody thing so you know his gimmick right a wall or whatever he was called no so <laughs> uh, actually he he died from i think it was a heart what? attack yeah, he died from a heart attack back in 2003 in Japan. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So he was introduced with... Um... All right. So we're going to go back a bit. Back in 1999, we have to do WCW 1999 actually at some point because that's fun. So there was a wrestler called Alex Wright. He was a good guy, right? He was half German. He then became a bad guy called Berlin. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he was introduced as The Wall. Berlin's Wall. Yeah. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> no, that that's it. Uh, the wall was barely, the bodyguard of, of uh, Alex Roy. Oh, he was uh, right, right. He was Alex Roy's bodyguard. Right? Yeah, so he was Berlin's wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. But I mean, it makes sense. He was a big guy. Berlin is a small guy, and but no, we totally have to do WCW 1989. I'm sorry, it's 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 too good. I forgot the way there was just nonsense to happen on the show. Um. Yeah, but look, the match. I, I still think we need, we need between this and between WCW ninety nine. I think we need some sort of something palate good. cleanser. No, that's fair. That's fair. We'll do something good. Um, uh, just just to keep the balance, because I mean, if you just want, if you you can make yourself desensitized to the nonsense, where it's just, you know, Keen was saying on the panel, he's like, you're just saying stuff like, like it's normal, like. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, sorry, wrestling. Yeah, I need to explain it. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, there is that kind of desensitization that can happen. Um, next match was pretty decent, actually. Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, who I do like as a tag team, uh, defeated Mark Jinrick and he and Meat for the tag team titles. And this was actually, like, to be fair, this is the best I've seen of Meat and Jindrek, who are still doing the the Mister Perfect thing. But yeah. O'Hare and Palumbo. They're a good team, or were a good team. Man, I, they, I have them down here in my notes as, along with Canyon, as two gays who WWF missed out on big time. 
you know, well, they had really, them in the company. They just used them terribly. They didn't use them for anything. Yeah, Canyon, they stuck him in Velocity most of the time. Mm. And then uh, O'Hare, I think they briefly did something with him. Didn't he have that Devil's Advocate gimmick? Yeah, they had it for it, one week and then they threw it away. dropped yeah. out of nowhere for, I don't know. Now, maybe it was because, and I completely agree with you, this was actually a good match, um, but it started off with two terrible promos. Yeah, okay, the promos are pretty bad. <laughs> really awkward. So so Stasiak did like your typical <laughs> heel, cheap heat. Oh, we're going to do something local sports team can't do and we're going to win. And whatever, whatever you see us in this town again, you should get down on your hands and knees and thank us. And then <laughs> O'Hare and Palumbo come out and O'Hare said, the only people who are going to be getting down on their knees are you to kiss your ass goodbye? <laughs> which, which it was, it was stilted and it was awkward. But also, I was sitting there thinking, if you're going to attempt to kiss your own ass, down on your hands and knees can't be the best. No, I, I think they were probably going for something yeah. a bit more l- I just, less PG. But flat, flatten your back and and try and roll your legs would be the only real <laughs> chance you have. But <laughs> either either way, this was really weird. It was awkward. really weird. It was very weird. But that's what I'm saying. They won me over. Absolutely, they won me over. Like they probably should have had a scripted promo. But then again, at this point, the wheels were thoroughly off, and it was just you know you know when the wheels fall off something, it just keeps skidding. <laughs> like it's just yeah. on that skid now at this point where it will eventually stop but it's you know but once like once the bell rang this this was really good and yeah, I they really like I really liked the finish thought With it was, the, the, the kick and the senton yeah your man yeah, came in to drag the other guy out of the way I thought it was really cool really smooth proper tag team <laughs> wrestling like that's what you want to see you want to Real see a tag finish team that's stuff. like yeah because you know what, what bugs me about tag team wrestling is where the two guys do their stuff but it's like that's not cool Tag teams that have a, a, a supposed joint to finish, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that was what you know the Hardys, the Dudleys were already good. Ed's and Christian less so. Ed's and Christian never actually did that, which is you know kind of indicative. But um, yeah, this was but cool. the other thing. I I thought it was uh, what I really liked about the finish was yeah, it was good tag team stuff, but it wasn't uh, convoluted. It looked like they all got into that position very naturally. Um. So yeah, so I really, really enjoyed the match. Um, what's I gonna say? So yes, yeah, so the next match then went to Chavo Guerrero, who defeated Rey Mysterio for the cruiserweight belt. So obviously, in the next pay per view, it's gonna be um, Guerrero and Helms until they change it. Which I don't know if they change it or not. I haven't looked at the card yet. But that's what they were putting over. Rey Mysterio looks so weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, without the mask. Without the mask. I mean, and with the stupid wee horns. The horns get me. I'm like, they're very strange looking. I don't know who said that was a good idea, but it wasn't. I, I, what I don't get is why the referee let him wrestle with them. Because <laughs> they're a foreign object. <laughs> you know, like like the road warriors wouldn't get in the ring with their spike jackets and just be like, no, no, this is my, <laughs> this this is is my, my wrestling outfit. gear. This is my wrestling gear. Don't take my outfit off me. <laughs> you know, well, I suppose like he, doesn't, he doesn't headbutt anybody, but he is firing himself at them. That's a very good point, actually. The referee should be like, you know, when they pat him down, how come he doesn't yeah. pat in his head? And he's like, oh, that's a sharp maybe, object. Maybe that's what it was. Referee was so concerned. He was like patting his boots, patting his knees. He never bothered to check his freaking forehead. 
So there is there is a little hack for any any wrestlers out there. Wear little horns and they'll they'll leave you alone. <laughs> this was uh, I thought the match of the night. This was really uh, I honest to God thought this was like so we talk a lot about WCW in this time period and how a lot of it's worth watching as car crash TV as just like nonsense as something especially when you look at wrestling now um, and it's, you know, such a premium is put on in-ring stuff and uh, making sure everything makes sense. Like WCW is like this wonderful uh, sort of like uh, time uh, cube. What, what do you call it when you bury time capsule? But this is a match I would actually send people back to watch purely on the strength of it as a match. I, I thought it was great. Unreal. Unreal. I, like, yeah, I didn't. I I was still very much enamored with the, with the opener. Yeah. Uh, oh no. I, like I, for me. I, I but like yeah. As far as like uh, yeah. I mean, this right, is this is close. This, this is, is very close. Yeah. Two thousand and one. This is peak Rey Mysterio and yeah. peak Chavo Guerrero. You know, very this true. is a, very true. And like you wouldn't see this from Mysterio. Funny enough, until later on, like even when he debuted, you weren't seeing this. Yeah. Um, and you never saw from from uh, from Guerrero. Guerrero just seems like he was wasted in WWE. It like really, really was. Like, he had a great career, obviously, but when you see what he can do here and what he did do here, it's, it's yeah, it's great heel as well. Very good heel, um, yeah. very good heel. And uh, I noticed that. So this is shortly after Eddie uh, Benoit, Milenko, and um, Perry Saturn had gone to WWF. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of a lot of Eddie chants. During this match, the crowd's doing a lot of Eddie. Chavo's mm. doing a lot of the chest slapping and the the dancing that Eddie used to do. So, um, yeah, even even back that far, Actually, Eddie was injured. Eddie was really highly. Uh, highly Eddie was injured of. at this. Uh, Eddie did, um, injured at this point. Oh, so he wasn't even wrestling yeah. over in WWE. No, he was injured. Remember, he uh, he got very he got injured very early on in the Radical Angle, and he ended up having to wear the, the brace. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I think it's still injured at this point. But uh yeah, look, the next match, speaking of people in WWE, was not good. And also weird. Uh, and everything about it was strange. And I remembered why I hate when Dustin Rhodes leaves WWE because stuff like this happens. Still not the worst thing ever. But like the worst thing ever is uh well Sin was pretty bad. We haven't <laughs> talked about Sin yet. Um as in like the character. Um, yeah, seven uh, and seven and black rain. These are things oh, we haven't talked God. about, but they're all things we could potentially talk about if you could do a whole arc on Dustin Rhodes. Could you? We might, we might actually have to. That's something I'm, we might have to do, but I don't think it could be done in a PG way because no, <laughs> you, you can't. So I mean, whole, we might do that. The whole thing about his arc is that I actually one of my favorite t shirts I have is the Dustin Rhodes Keep Stepping t shirt because his real life story, um, of like. God, you want to see him as Black Rain. He's mad overweight. He's oh, got no so upsetting. Co- coordinate. It's so really, upsetting. really sad. I remember when he's... that happened, dude. I was actually on the phone to a wrestling radio show talking about that angle when it happened. Oh, I remember Black Rain. Oh. It was but, awful. But the, and remember, the he good thing... remember he had the crow? Remember he had the crow? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, but the good thing so about funny. his story is that he, he really did pull himself out of it. And he's in... I honestly God think the three years he's been in AEW have been like some of the highlights of his career. 
Like obviously his match with um, Cody was incredible. He's done some insane, like even just weekly matches um, on Dynamite. Like he had a brilliant one with Omega, and I, I, I find his story to be genuinely like not just in terms of wrestling, like genuinely inspiring. But this okay, wasn't folks. it. <laughs> okay, no. Well, here's the thing, right? To, to give a kind of a taster, oh, I can't wait until we do the Mad TNA stuff. I'm really excited for that. To, to give everybody a taster of what the that run was like in TNA, there was a Barbara, barbed wire Christmas tree and a and rat on a pole match. But yeah, <laughs> but the rat was on a pole and the rat ends up winning the match. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. There's so I'm much I don't know oh. about TNA. And I'm, oh, you're going to learn. I'm kind of excited too, but also a, a little bit afraid. So there's a great channel. Um, it's called Mark, Mark D. So M-A-R-D. Uh, sorry. M-A-R-K-Y-D-1-2-3, right? Go watch it, guys. It's wonderful. He, he catalogs some terrible tripe. <laughs> which I may or may not use as basis for stuff I pick on this show because I want to see the full context of it. But, yeah, the Black Rain stuff. Oh, man, I can't wait to see it. And then Relic, where it, which is killer backwards because it's edgy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Sorry. Hey, I'm Rob. Oh no, sorry. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting too enamored by old TNA. We totally have to cover old TNA though, man. Like legitimately. Yeah, I'm I've... so looking forward to just looking back at that. Hundred percent up for that. So as you this, said, this yeah, this wasn't this this wasn't good. I mean this like okay, right. But we did we did see Shattered Dreams for some reason. Which bizarre because he was like rejecting the whole uh gold thing yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. really really and getting, getting back to being Dustin Rhodes, you know, son of Dusty and uh, hard talking, hard hitting uh, gay. And not only did he do the Shattered Dreams, it was the biggest bloody pop, pop of the of night. The night. Like, he was yeah. looking at the crowd and throwing his arms up, and the crowd went mad for it. Yeah. The, the other thing, the only other thing notable of this match was the ending um, where Dustin Rhodes gets dropped on the turnbuckle, but the padding is missing. So he comes down from the middle rope and lands head first onto the exposed um steel bar of the turnbuckle. So that's kind of you know in wrestling cafe that's kind of a, a knockout. That's like a chair shot nearly. And then Steiner pins him and for some reason puts his feet up on the ropes. Like, you know, for added it was like double cheating. It was like a hat on a hat. It was it's just it was, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. It really was. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like Steiner, Rick Steiner was great with Scott Steiner, but he wasn't he, a genetic freak. He wasn't. And you it know, was I, a bizarre ending to the match. I love the Steiner tag team so much that I think I have been for years just trying to convince myself that Rick Steiner was really good no. as a singles. It was all Scott. And I think, yeah, I think watching especially the past couple of months of, of doing this podcast, I think I'm slowly coming to the realisation that he, he he wasn't. No, <laughs> he wasn't it, very Scott good. got all the talent and he 100% deserved to. <laughs> um, right, so the next... Okay, so the wheels start falling off a little bit, but Chronic looked incredible in this. Again, 
we say it every week. The worst gimmick ever to two guys who really should have had an APA gimmick. Um, this match was was that was pretty good until it wasn't. Lex Luger looks terrible. Buff Bagwell looks okay. He's Buff Bagwell. I did like the tag team name. Totally buffed. That was yeah. fun. Um, Adams was pretty much on his own for most of this match, though. Um, so this is this is your firstly this started with uh buff and luger promo that went longer than the match yeah that this, promo was pretty horrendous i i it was not I good think it might have been stalling i think there was something backstage going on because like at one stage luger goes over and whispers in bagwell's ear they prattled on and on for minutes but like about nothing you know like they laboriously laid out what the whole storyline was about how Ric Flair was getting rid of everybody and if they lost tonight they were out and that um uh, your man is Chronic's partner. I can't remember if he was Adam or Brian, whichever one the other one wasn't there and like it's just so that, actually that's one thing we didn't talk about. So throughout the whole night, right, the, the ongoing the ongoing extra part of this was if you lost Ric Flair was gone mad, right? Like the first time he went mad. So I think the first time he, this is like the second time he retired. Again, if you could keep a score at home, I think that's, I think we're all right there. It checks out. Does, so does Ric Flair have more retirements or more world championships? I think, I think more retirements now at this point. <laughs> I think he's getting up there with wives as well. He has seven wives. <laughs> so I was going to St. Dives and met Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> One for every world title. Um. So, all right. So basically the story of the night was Ric Flair was in control, basically. And if you lost, they were setting up for like another kind of like faction split, right? Where you were on Ric Flair's side or you weren't. And basically anyone who lost who wasn't on Ric Flair's side was kicked out. So they were firing the roster. It was, They had to know the end was coming. They had to know the end was coming because, I mean, why else would you do a lot of this? And it was just, they would go through each of the rosters. Anyone who lost was and was on the side, they were like escorted out or kicked out or whatever. So this kind of happened to, to Chronic because they weren't on their side. Um, but yeah, so Adams was the one in the ring. Clark was the one who was beating up. Right. But Mike, but Mike, Adam, Mike Awesome showed up. But this was disguised as Clark. Bugged, this bugged the hell out of me. What was the purpose of that? Uh, Mike Awesome so, needed the paycheck. So let's say, right, in, in, in kayfabe terms, let's say you're backstage and you go, all right, Mike, we need we need your help tonight. I know it's already a handicap match, two on one, but just to be safe, we're going to make it three on one, right? What we want you to do is, we want you to disguise yourself as Adam's partner, right? Come out with him. And then Mike Awesome would go, oh, and then when he's not looking, I attack him from behind. And they went, no, 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 it's even better. Come out with him. Then Buff is going to hit you full in the face with a chair and you lay by the side of the ring for the remainder of the match. And then you jump in at the end after we've had the match and and uh, tackle him towards the very end. It just made... It made absolutely no sense. Plus, it was I mean, a handicap I, match anyway. I, I, I mean, no I don't, I, like I don't was... see what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect it, sense. It just, it was, I like the, the disguise was good. Like the hair. It was good, yeah. It was very, very good. He got the fake tan yeah. on and yeah. like, he, he looked like him. But it just, 
I just didn't understand what the like what what the great like heel scheme there was. Like, okay, so you come out and we're going to smack you with a chair and you lay on the ground. It just it I, worked though. They, they won the tag team uh, shot for the tag team titles. They did, but it was three on one. Like, yeah, it was. I I could have won that. Poor Chronic. Like, they well, I mean, it did kind of get Chronic a lot of heat in a good way. Like, Chronic, even though they shouldn't have been, seem to have been like these uber heels that are like the paradigm of virtue in WCW, which is, it's so weird. It's 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 like when WCW had the the Millionaires Club, who were they were the good guys. Yeah. I was like, what way are you doing this? Like, it's strange. But yeah, Chronic eventually, you know, they would end up in WWE and it'd be a train wreck. But, you know, they didn't look good tonight. This match was not not the best. But the next match made literally less sense than that. Lance Storm, who is the WCW commissioner. Now, remember, he's the only check against um, Flair. Flair. So Ernest Miller is in cahoots with Flair. So they're having a match. So again, every week we've said Ernest Miller hangs out at can uh, ha- hangs out at catering, and they're like, "Quick, we need somebody. Come on out!" No, he was actually involved in this angle. And another bloody commissioner match. Yeah, so and he would win. So Lance Storm, who has just gone back to being face, is now the losing end. With Ernest Miller being the WCW commissioner. So that means at this point, there's no check and balance on Flair, which we'll get to later on, because obviously that plays into the end of it. Um but yeah, well, this was this was kind what of what I will say about this match is I think it was the opposite of the Hugh Morris uh, the wall match. Mm. Because but what they did was they took Ernest Cat Miller, who's not a great wrestler. But they knew what his limitations were, and they kind of worked around them. Like they kept the match short. They kept the uh, the bulk of the crowd. Like they did a lot of crowd interaction. Like I legitimately thought it was really funny when he came out and he what he called Lance Storm uh, uh, like a budget Power Ranger because of, because of his trousers. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> but um, I mean, the thing about it is they had like Ernest like look build him up. Not a good wrestler. The wall, too big to be a good wrestler because he was so gassed, which is what happened. Ernest the Cat Miller, you know, he he could could fit oh. these little these little random jobs, which is why he was so great to hang out with catering because it's like we need somebody. Oh, go on, Cat, go out there. I mean, there's a reason why he was used on every pay per view. Oh yeah, and he do whatever you needed him to do. But he, he was in the ring. With, Dance and you know he took he took the when they were brawling outside he took the guy from the crowd his drink and fired it over Lance like he but, but this was his kind of jam this is yeah. what he was doing but he also was in the ring with Lance Storm who's one of the best technical exactly. wrestlers the whole lot so I mean I think Lance was you know planning this whole thing out the whole time but if not I mean like this was so much better than it should have been kind of pointless very <laughs> better pointless, than it had. Any right to be, especially given that by this stage, this whole have a match to see who the commissioner's going to be. But this thing had just run its course. It was like farcical. Um, yeah, I'm, and, not a, I'm not a fan of that. I'm really no. not. And, uh, man, I think whenever, um, who was it came down 
in, in, tried to interfere in the match. Um, I can't remember his name, but someone came down to try to interfere in Mike the match. Mike Sanders. Mike Sanders came down, yeah. and Ernest Miller's um, uh, manager, uh, what was her name? Miss Jones. Miss Jones. Yeah, Miss Jones. Uh, she hit him a really impressive, like, high kick to the head. Yeah. And I think that rivaled Shattered Dreams for, like, maybe second biggest pop of the night. People loved it, you know. And we're, the crowd is so behind Ernest Miller; it's unbelievable. <laughs> so, with that said, we're going to have to end the the PG radio version of our show, folks. So, what happens now is, um, if you're listening to Phoenix FM, thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Um, we encourage you to go over to nerdtonomedia.com or the wrestlingrewind.com, where you'll be able to find links to Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, the True Penny Network. Basically, you'll be able to find us everywhere. Same with YouTube as well. And we're going to go on to uh, finish this pay-per-view out where it's uncensored, basically. It's going to be yeah, what's after, what we call After Dark or Raw or you know, whatever. Yeah. We'll come up with a fancy name eventually. But All swearing, the T-shirt's coming back off. Oh, it's it's, it's going to be nuts. It's happening. It's happening. It's kind of like the, the old uh, the old war zone back in the <laughs> Adjit era where, where they'd like lower the lights down so it looked more dingy. <laughs> <laughs> they had more chair shots to the head. So we don't have that, but, you know, um, that's kind of what we're doing. So, guys, if you like what we're doing, please go over to nerdtonomedia.com. Go over to dressingrewind.com. Check out the True Penny channel. Thank you so much. And we'll be back here on Phoenix FM next week. But we're going to continue this over on the podcast. So we'll see you there, guys. If you have nothing else to do on a Saturday, if you like nerd things, now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. And we're back, Martin. We're back yeah. here on the Wrestling Rewind After Dark War Zone Third Hour of Nitro, whatever you want to call it. We'll come up with a name eventually. Um, because if you have an idea, <laughs> where none of the rules matter, and we're going to finish out uh, this pay per view. So before we went to break, um, Lance Storm has lost his uh, commissionership to uh Ernest Cat Miller with Miss Jones doing a high kick to to uh doing Mark. a high to, to Mark Stander, sorry yeah. and getting the biggest pop of the night basically other than the Shire <laughs> Dreams. So that's where we left off. Do you know what as well though? Um so they did genuinely like that was one of the biggest pops of the night. But this crowd the whole way through was loving this was an amazing crowd like they were up for everything the whole way through and the fact that they didn't boo that main event out of the building shows just how sort of well-tempered and you know well disposed to wcw that they were well yeah i mean they knew what they were getting i i don't think the guy with the sign who was like wdb sucks while they're at the height (laughs) of their power was the only one who was there and bought into it (laughs) no i think everyone there i think everyone there was like drinking the kool-aid like yeah, they were, but like, I think that makes it um, 
I think that makes for an easier watch. You know, when a, when a crowd's into something, it uh, doesn't necessarily have to be the best show in the world. You kind of get swept up in the, yeah, in the yeah, atmosphere. Exactly. And that was the thing. Like, even though the show wasn't great, it only, the wheels only properly fell off at the very end. And we will talk about that. But the next match was fantastic. Bloody great. Canyon against DDP. Look, if this match wasn't good, there would have been there would have been problems. There really would have been problems. Um so basically this this was like a three-way kind of thing. There was Canyon, uh DDP, and Jeff Jarrett. So this is the smosh here. Like again, I, I didn't dislike Jeff Jarrett. I was just kind of confused why Jarrett was there. Um, but the, the matches itself. So Canyon defeated DDP, and then DDP defeated Jeff Jarrett. And these matches happened like almost straight away. Straight away, one after another. Yeah. DDP and fair play to him. Uh, pulled double duty here and didn't half-ass one of them. Like no. he had two very good. Uh, matches it's in, unfor- in a row. It's unfortunate though because I would have liked to have actually seen um, either one of these matches as the main event or for a, a better belt. Or without all the... yeah, They were kind of hampered a little bit by the constant interference and yeah. Yeah. Um, you know WCW kind of over- overbooking stuff. They did um, overbook this to an awful lot. Like the, the moves itself and the match itself were okay. And they're actually pretty good. Like I, I really did like Canyon versus DDP. Oh, the, that was brilliant. Some of the, like, really, you watch back, and it, when you get Canyon in this period, kind of when WCW is dying, he's almost at his best. Yeah. Like, you really get why he was called the innovator of offense. Like, some of the stuff he's pulling here is, is terrific. Like, and it's stuff you wouldn't see even today. No. Um Or like you were saying, like, a lot of guys in AEW are obviously big, Canyon fans, yeah, like that uh, flat flatliner is ah oh, the flatliner, the um that like famouser nearly he did off the ring apron on the steps, and then that I don't know how he does it because it seems to defy physics. That suplex from outside the ring to the inside of the ring while yes. he's stood on the middle rope, it yes. makes no sense. Well, he can uh, do it, you know. The canyon cutter as well. It, it's it is just like a it's a cutter, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like the RKO. But I still like the little twist he does on it where it's not a, not like the RKO, it's not like the diamond cutter. It's Canyon's own thing, which yeah. is great. Um but if this had if this had been like a US title match near the main event with none of the garbage, it we it would have been a classic that people talked about, you know, on its own. But what ruined it was the nonsense with Jarrett. Now, Jared had a pretty decent match with DDP afterwards. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed the little announce table spot. <laughs> yeah. And that was really fun. But, um, I, yeah. What was, what was great as well. So, last week we talked a lot. We had two bloody Jeff Jarrett matches on the show last week. We had the one he did uh, at SummerSlam when he was a referee, where he hit nobody with a guitar. And then we had the one at Ric Flair's last match, where he hit nobody with a guitar. And uh, yeah, it was good to see Jeff Jarrett back doing what was the best thing about his whole gimmick, which is hitting someone with a guitar. Um, and the guitar shot at the end of this match, I thought was fantastic. The, it 
it could have been so easily looked phony and convoluted and, and no. awkward and set up, but because mm. the the gays do and you know Canyon and DDP and that were such pros, it looked so smooth, so natural. Um, it's just really, really convincing, and I really enjoyed. I thought overall the Canyon match was better, but I thought the ending of the Jarrett match was terrific. It was very good. It was very, very good, and it's one of those things where, um, as you said, we were we were disappointed that we didn't see any of the the guitar shots, but when they work, they work, and I it's a case here of less is more. I mean, if if Jarrett didn't use them all the time. It probably would have been more effective than it only looks good when it looks good. But in 2022, like when he's obviously limited in what he can do in the ring, why are you booking Jeff Jarrett not to hit somebody with a guitar? Yeah, like it. it Jeff Jarrett actually probably would have a, another run in him uh, in AEW or in or in WWE. But it's weird. AEW did have to use his Impact persona. And WWE, they'd have to as well, but they don't acknowledge that. So he still, like, which one, are you, which Double J are you going to use in WWE? Are you going to use Double J, which he, yeah, I don't think you're going to use that, the country singer. Or are you yeah. going to use the raging mis- misogynist? Yeah, or I, just I, slap nuts. Slap nuts. Well, no, still go because they wouldn't. They wouldn't acknowledge that because it's not WWE, right? And because it's nonsense. And it's nonsense. So either you use the raging misogynist who's fi- putting figure fours on on women and you know etc. I mean some of those promos, man, holy Christ! Uh, um, you go back and watch them yourself. I, once Twitter discovers WWE, it is done. It's it's <laughs> it is done. By the way, it looks like Vince has uh, more money that appeared. He's now I think it's five times the amount he paid for WCW. He's now yeah. pa- paid on sex. He's up. To- 20 million is it was 20 the last million. they found because I think it was 14 I think it was 14 million and then this week they found like another 5 million that had been spent on these uh, sort of hush money contracts oh man that's he's the amount of money that man has paid on sex of hush money is unbelievable if he just like he would save millions <laughs> just by paying for hookers he'd save millions <sighs> I don't know. Maybe he likes the danger. He must. <laughs> I don't know. It makes no sense. Makes it makes no absolutely sense. no sense. It's crazy. Right. It's mad when you think that like all these, like the past sort of two or three years, the years over COVID, you know, releasing hundreds of wrestlers and different staff and all that all released because of budget cuts. <laughs> Because Vince had to pay off his his many secret lovers. Imagine if you got fired from budget cuts, and you're like, he could find money for that. But you know, oh, you'd be raging. My career's over because Vince McMahon can't get his trousers on. Oh man, it looks like Ray Wyatt's coming back though. Is it? I mean, yeah, it looks like there's lots of people have returned to WWE. Um, yeah. Because Triple H is like, hey, what are you doing? Bray Wyatt coming back makes all the sense. The world's like, he's your biggest star that you're not. There's nowhere used. else for him. To, yeah. No, there's, there's nowhere, nowhere else I, for him to go. I mean, and that him, character, that character is all he has. Like, <laughs> yeah. He'd have to away back from him. Be a big, like, he's a massive. I was so surprised when they let him go because like he was a massive merch mover. I know he was divisive and the sort of older fans really didn't like him, but uh, like he was a massive merch mover and. 
I mean, given that Vince put up with Shawn Michaels' nonsense for years just because he was popular, like how difficult, you know, must Bray Wyatt have been to work with that they, that they let him go? Yeah. I mean, well, no, I, it wasn't even that. It was just, it wasn't even as hard to work with. It was just budget cuts, which now we know why. But that's what I mean. it, it didn't even make sense to me as as a budget cut because surely they were making whatever his contract well, was. Surely they were did, making I, that back on I, I t-shirts did, and belts. And... I did see a report that Vince just didn't like the fact he was didn't look like a wrestler. His body, his body just looks different, which. Yeah. It's unconfirmed, but I would believe it. And apparently, like, he would oh, openly absolutely. mock him and stuff like that as well. So, sure, JR had to practically, you know, browbeat Vince into hiring Mick Foley. Yeah. You know, and and even then, Foley kind of just saved himself with the ridiculous stunts he was willing to pull, you know. Um, Vince had an awful, rigid approach to to what uh, wrestling was and more specifically what a wrestler was yeah that's it I mean like now it looks like they're obviously going back on this so that's pretty cool it is oh yeah like um, it's great to see and um, look anything that's going to get more indie wrestlers you know like a proper paycheck and get bloody models and footballers and whatever else get them you know people who people who don't truly understand what it is what's happening what the purpose of it is you know get them out um like i'm I'm all for that yeah that's it i mean that that's the main thing when it when it comes back to when it comes back to that like it is all about wrestling at the end of the day and you know variety is supposed to life speaking of which (laughs) once it's not the next one (laughs) so this is when the wheels are thoroughly off so we have seen WCW's biggest star being fired last last time we talked about WCW. Yep. So what do they do this time? They fire the second biggest star. They do it again. <laughs> so Scott Steiner, with his floozy, and Ric Flair defeated Kevin Nash. Now that would be fair enough, but that's not how it happened. So. Kevin Nash won the match legitimately. He won the match. Jack Knight powerbomb. Boom. That was it. Well, and then Ric Flair shows up. I remember he, he, he won the match in 17 seconds. Yeah, it was a this, uh, belt shot. Yeah, and this was a... Uh, sorry, it was a belt shot, not a, not a Jack Knight. That came later. Uh, there was a loser leaves WCW match. Right, so that was the, the, the premise. 17 seconds... Uh, Steiner loses after being hit with the belt uh, Nash wins, he starts celebrating Ric Flair comes out and freaks completely loses his mind and he's like no this is a 203 falls match and it's going to be done with a no disqualification right? so it's a smash DDP shows up to help Nash uh, totally buff come and take him out of the, the equation Medea jumps in uh, and Steiner hits uh, Nash with a pipe and it continues, right? So because it's false can anywhere, uh, Steiner pins Nash out on the outside to 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 get the first fall, and then it, and then it goes. Because he can't lift him. You can't no. Like he he lifts him multiple times during the match for different moves. He just can't but do the, it. 
once he knocks him out outside the ring, he he can't lift him. Um, and <laughs> Flair declares that it's a, a false count anywhere match. But then there's an there is a nice exchange then when uh the jackknife is hidden and oh my god it's such a vicious jackknife that so the the I, jackknife is impressive at the best of times but the ma- the fact that he pulled off such a picture perfect one on someone the size of Scott Steiner like it's, well, I t- but I think that's why he did it oh, I think that's why it looks so well because Steiner it's, it's, is so big. It is and, genuinely amazing. It's, and it, it's, when he hits it as well, I was like, whoa, that's incredible. So that should have been the end of the match. But obviously it was, and Medea jumps in. Hit or Medea, however you say, I'm going to say Medea. Medea yeah. hits him, and then Flair tosses the chair to Steiner. Steiner hits the Steiner recliner, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, this was just and the most the overbooked. Mood, the mood when that, look, take that aside. When yeah. that happened, the entire crowd just went. Yeah, everyone in the arena was like, "Not again!" It was a repeat of what happened at Sin, at the Goldberg one. Yeah, and the Goldberg one. It, the whole crowd was like, "Are you for real?" Do you know? In fact, this crowd would have been happier um, with the seventeen win because whenever he hit him with the belt and pinned him, I was sitting here going, "Eh, that's a bit crap." But Nash's music played, and he jumped up on the turnbuckle with the belt, and the crowd went nuts. Yeah, so, like, they probably would. They would have been happy enough to <laughs> to leave it there. I yeah. think rebooking this show now. Obviously, they were going towards some kind of retribution where everyone who was fired would have come back. That was obvious. That's the obvious. Yeah, that's the obvious the, end point of this feud, right? Or this this large angle, story. Yeah. But if I was booking this, Kevin Ash should have won. To give the crowd something. Because if you look at the actual results, pretty much heels won the entire night with the exception of O'Hara and Palumbo. WCW just, particularly the last few years of it, it just didn't know what to do um, with with baby faces. It just always had to be, the heels always had to win, the heels always had to be the authority, the heels always had to... And and you were constantly promised, you know, like a big baby face redemption, but it never ever came. Like the whole thing around the new blood and the millionaires club and Flair here as the as the um, um, general manager or whatever he was, it it kind of reeks of the uh, Triple H's reign of terror, where just you're, you're constantly promised that there would be some big baby face retribution or recovery or just never ever seemed to come well it did but then it went away just as fast yeah you know it was like oh the the, the baby face one and then they just squashed him immediately like but you know this match so before before the bell rang this match was already overbooked so Steiner came out and Michael Buffer was getting his hundred grand or whatever it is for doing his uh doing his, his shtick. Uh, Steiner actually interrupts him and tells him to get out of the ring. And if I had paid Michael Buffer <laughs> hundred grand to be there, I, I'd see if he'd have been put out of the ring, I'd have had him up selling t-shirts or something. I'd be like, we paid for your time. You're going to make yourself pretty useful. Um, so he kicks Michael Buffer out. Then Flair gets in the ring. There's a big reveal. This isn't just a world title match. This is a loser leaves town match. 
Now Nash isn't showing up, so count him out, referee. And then Nash's music plays. And then Nash comes out in a wheelchair with his leg in a cast with these two nurses who are clearly strippers. Like they're not nurse they're wearing bloody like heels and listen medical school's expensive <laughs> and the, you don't know what the, those ladies do i, I know, know exactly what to do i could tell by the the latex their clothing was made of what, what? could be the uniform we don't know <laughs> yeah because latex is easier for wiping blood and stuff exactly off. i mean it makes um, sense makes sense to me but, so he comes out with these two big buxom nurses wheel him out and then he stands up. It's like Father Ted. Those are fake arms. <laughs> it was a fake leg. <laughs> That's a fake leg. So already the, the bell hasn't even rung, and this yeah. thing's already just ridiculously. Uh, the wheels fell. As I said, the wheels fell off this, and this was the skid. And then then he gets the in the ring, hits him with the belt. You know, pins him. Flair's doing that. Did this happen before or after McMahon did the same thing where he kept changing the rules of the match? Which time? See, that's what I mean. McMahon's done it loads of times. I think it's after. It has to be after, yeah. It would be after, the, yeah. One of the many, many terrible things to come out of the Montreal Screwjob was that for the next 10 years, wrestling was absolutely consumed with work shoot authority figure screwjob angles. Like, just mm. consumed with them. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what took down TNA, like, legitimately. Um... And in fact, there was another fan sign that made me think of TNA just said Hogan equals ratings. And I was like, eh, TNA would beg to differ. Um, no, although to be fair, like for a while, that book I was writing, if TNA Impact Wrestling had it closed down, the cover would have been Hulk Hogan walking out with Dixie Carter on his leg. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that was the cover, like <laughs> the death of TNA. <laughs> I'll tell you, we were talking earlier about... Rick Steiner, Scott got all the talent. Do you know what? I don't, I don't even know if it's talent, but there's just something about Scott. He's so, he, he just lacks any self-awareness that everything he does is it's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. So he was, Nash is sitting there in the wheelchair and Scott Steiner's got the microphone, he's shouting down. And he's just doing the usual uh, like heel promo, but he can't say sympathy. He keeps saying simpy. Simpy, you coming out <laughs> here didn't... and you're in that wheelchair because you want this crowd to have simpy for you. Well, I'm telling you, I don't got no simpy for you. You won't find any simpy here. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell? It's just so oblivious. It's impossible not to love him. Like, oh, it's amazing. He's he's either completely genuine, and that's why he's fantastic, or he is the absolute genius best booker or best worker in the world that he said do you know, do you know what i'm going to do tonight i'm going to go out there and i'm going to mispronounce the word sympathy <laughs> but i mean i i think just... i think it's a bit of both i genuinely think it's a bit of both i think he, on the one hand he is just like that that's that's just him and then maybe on the other hand it's you know he's just like well i want to ham it up a bit but i like the fact he's been so cons- like you say what you want about the man He's the most consistent train wreck. <laughs> this uh, run of uh, WCW pay-per-views we've done has made me see him. It's such a different Like I absolutely love him. <laughs> oh, he's, he's the best. He's the uh, best I, I can't wait to see his, uh, his TNA run. Oh, I, his TNA run I, is, is brilliant. I can't too. wait to cover it. Oh, because 
he's genuinely just without even trying, without even realizing it himself, he's genuinely just the most entertaining person on the show. Every every time we watch something, you're in for a treat. Oh yeah. You and really I, are. You really his matches are. aren't it's not like his matches are great or anything. You don't it's need to just, be. It's just him. Yeah. You know? Like that, I think that's the problem with Scott with uh Rick Steiner. He doesn't have that. He just comes out with his little headgear. And by the way, did you notice the terrible ripoff music that they didn't edit out? I can't remember what it was. I think I think it was um it was either Pantera or something like that. It was some terrible. I think it was Pantera. It was some terrible track, and I'm like, oh no. For for who? For Rick. For Rick. No, I didn't notice. But you know what I did notice? DDP didn't have his his little. Uh, smells like Teen Spirit. No, because the editor that out. That's what I'm saying to you. The editor is like half-assed this show because actually, yeah. when Scott Steiner's cutting his promo. You actually see the leg break. That was that was. And the they replay it three to, times, and you're like, they replay it three times. Why did you cut it out of the actual show if you're going to replay it three times? And in the previous one, they cut yeah. the camera away, and in this one, the camera actually zooms in, zooms in. and you, <laughs> you see, see the bone snap in slow motion, and you see the leg hang. It's this actually just... worse. It's actually worse than the the OG <laughs> shot. And all that stuff was before the bell even rang. Yeah. So this mess, this watch was a convoluted mess before the bell even rang. And then it. obviously I throughout it, it you it had uh, <laughs> you had Flair doing his oh it's two or three falls, oh it's a false count anywhere, and then running in and pulling the ref out of the ring and blah blah blah. Ugh, that was, <laughs> dep- it all depends on how you want to view this. If you were there at the time and really invested and wanted to see a main event between Scott Steiner and Kevin Nash, I would be pissed as hell about this. But if you're just looking back on this as what a train wreck WCW was, this is just vintage gold. I, I think he got both. I, like, it still was probably, I'd also love the way Sid Vicious is on the, is on the poster. It's like, he's not coming out anywhere. Yeah. His well, leg he, is hanging on by a train. He was on the show. <laughs> kind of. He was technically there, yeah. I wonder if he got paid. You think he got paid? I don't know. Oh my God, you'd hope so. Like he he earned it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's genuinely for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's a horror movie of a break. By the way, I know we've kind of let it slide uh, the past couple of weeks because we've been doing like uh, modern pay per views and bits of news and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm uh, formally reinvigorating or, or reintroducing her campaign to get Sid's, Sid's leg break on the then, now, forever oh, yes. intro video package. Oh, yeah. Or even on Botchamania, the intro of Botchamania. I don't know why it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so here, here, so our good friend Arnold Furious of 411 Mania gave the rating of five. Not so good. Stating, quote, Hey, the Cruiserweights tried really hard and it got nowhere for it. The main event dogged it in a badly booked match. That's a weird sentence. And the show left a bad taste in the mouth. Also, in whose mouth? His mouth? I don't know. Without the main event, this isn't such a bad show. But the vibe it gave off was just unpleasant. That's true. And the crowd was awesome. It was. They didn't deserve that. They're so optimistic. I guess you get shit on by WCW. And when you go into a show expecting something good... Basically, I feel the main event went beyond good. With uh, sorry, went beyond the goodwill the crowd had for WCW uh, and its revival. And he probably went home thinking, "Quote, there goes that company." Actually, 
recommend it as long as you stop before the last match. But WCW's very final greed is more entertaining than this. Kind of weird that the show would get progressively better when the company was dying. That the shows would get progressively better when the show was dying. That is true. That's what you said. We said the shows actually yeah. get better the closer but, this gets to the end. But then, is actually, it that they've if turned the corner? If anyone knows who Arnold Furious is, I want to have him on the show. Please, if you're listening, come on the show. Sorry, Mark. Like, yeah, so is is it that they're getting better? Like, has the company turned the corner and is sort of finding its footing again? Or is it just that Sin was so bad, was so <laughs> rock bottom, that, like, it just it couldn't get anywhere. Like, the only way it had to go was up. It, was, like, it just couldn't possibly be any worse. Well, I don't know. I It's like... I think a lot of the because the problem with WCW and you know we'll probably do it like retrospective or something like, that, like when we're getting to the very end of it, but the problem with it was it was rotten from not from the inside but from the outside. There was so much dead wood that they had to actually cut it off. So by getting rid of Hogan, by getting rid of Goldberg, by getting rid of all these guys and then people just leaving, it was left with this really really good. I don't know if you've ever actually cut dead wood away from something or removed something. You're left with this kind of core. And the core was still strong. They still had their, their core talent. They still had writers who kind of knew what they were doing sometimes. And WCW, you know, they've said it probably would have survived if uh, the merger hadn't happened and they were kicked off television. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like, I don't know if you're up to date with the Batgirl thing. That Batgirl was built, but, you know, DC has, has been bought by Discovery. So they're like, yeah, we're not releasing that. Very much the same thing. <laughs> said it was unsalvageable. Yeah, well, they said it would, it would damage the brand. It was so bad. But, I mean, <laughs> whether you believe that or not, and from what I've seen, that's probably true. But, again, mergers and corporate politics play a lot more in this stuff getting released or this stuff being kept on than we like to know. Like, one of the reasons AEW is, still on, tele- is on television now is because there's someone there who actually likes wrestling back in, in TNT which there wasn't for years, you know? So we do, we are kind of, as wrestling fans, and even as media fans, we are at the mercy of these entities which can just decide at a harpy, oh, actually, no, bye. Yeah, and who aren't, like, uh, their their interests aren't the creative aspect of it. Yeah, it's more just what it can show. Like, WCW is still doing all right. Like, the boys weren't WWE numbers. But there were still people in the crowd. Like, I, I've been to WWE shows with less people in the crowd. Oh, yeah, there was 4,500 people, uh, 50,000 buys. Like, even by today's standards, like... That's pretty good. AEW regularly does double that or more than double that. Mm. But it's still 50,000 buys. It's still 50,000 more than nothing, you know? Yeah, I like TNA... Like would would have killed for that numbers at certain points of time in their past, you know. So oh, it, absolutely, it it is kind of a case of if this had a pit played out, and again, we'll probably talk about it when we a bit a little bit more when we when we finish, because again, we we have one more pay per view to get to, and then we have the final episode of Nitro, yeah. yeah, and uh, then we'll go to our WWE palate cleanser before we decide what else we're going to do. Well, uh, like. Bischoff was he was all set to, to yeah, buy it, buy it. And yeah, relaunch was, it and yeah. You know. But here's the thing, if he had a relaunched it, we still wouldn't have got a payoff with those seven deadly sins thing. No, because it was gonna be 
the Big Bang. The Big Bang, yeah. It's like which is going, which is moving from religion to science. It's yeah, going, it's going the like, other way altogether. Like okay, fair enough. But um, yeah. So that's it, guys. That's what we have. I mean, uh, Martin, what, what would you give this out of ten? I'd give it a five. I think the rating, uh, maybe a six actually, because it's not too bad. Once the, the main event does kill it, but it's a strong show up until about. You know, yeah. it, it's a six in my opinion. It really is. It's. I I would agree with that. I, I think six. I mean, you got a strong opener. Got a great Rey Mysterio Chavo Guerrero match. Two DDP matches were great. Mm. The uh, the tag match was very good. The chronic handicap thing was a bit of an overbooked dud. The main event was obviously, depending on how you look at it, either like hilarious or just dreadful. Um, Again, yeah, I, I think both. six. Is, I think it's six is a a fair score. Oh, definitely not a bad pay-per-view like um, no it's not and certainly not certainly not like the chore that some of them some of them were you know like when when it was really bad uh (laughs) you know like a couple a couple of months ago when we were doing like to the point where they weren't even entertaining it was just trudge to get through them you know unfortunately like i I think we're going to be replaying this conversation with some tna which is why so. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I, it's been a while since I've seen some of it, but some of it is like that, where you're like, this is just the, the dregs. See, but, I, I, there's, I haven't really, I've only seen bits and pieces of TNA, so I'm hoping the okay. fact that I'll, I'll be brand new to most of it will keep me, keep me entertained. I think we might have to actually just do a year of TNA, like 2000, whatever I can find at some point, because pick, I mean. Yeah, pick, pick the most ridiculous. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I think it'll be good like to, as a direct comparison what it was like and I want to do WWA as well but the, the rule with this kind of stuff is what we can find easily you know yes. like it, it, with True Penny channel you know one thing about James when I when he is on when, he, when I am on a show he always provides me the playlist which is usually publicly available so we're going to try to do the same again if you guys do want to uh, let us watch something uh just tell us where it is <laughs> because that would be really beneficial like if we can find it easily we'll go find it um, if not you know tell us where it is um but yeah shout out to uh everyone who was at the panel again last week everyone who's new listeners we appreciate it uh, we have a patreon as well so please do go over and help keep the lights on uh me and martin need to you know, we don't want to threaten you only fans again but we will uh <laughs> yeah. if you don't do if you don't do the, the you know give us but, some money before the show, we were talking about the cost of electricity. So it is literally keeping the lights on. It is, yeah. Electricity <laughs> is going up as as uh, as we speak. But I had no power today as well. So, I mean, you, your donation is greatly appreciated. There's also, like, one-time donations as well on PayPal. But the best way, the free, the best way, and the free way to support this is uh, tell your friends about it. Um, email us, like the Facebook page, Twitter, you know, reach out, all that kind of stuff. My Twitter is at DaraWV. And you could also hashtag save Dave, D Dave Stevens. And uh, Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No, I'm going to go lay on top of my bed nude with the window open and try and sleep. Well, folks, <laughs> if you don't support the Patreon, that's the content on OnlyFans that you're going it'll to be. be it'll be live streamed me <laughs> on the bed trying to sleep on Twitch. <laughs> well, not Twitch because they'll ban you. It'll have to be exclusively through... Uh, through, through the app I know I've never used OnlyFans but I'm assuming 
they have some infrastructure. I really haven't looked into it. But uh, I know on Twitch, they, they really ban you. Unless you have like a pool, like the e-girls. So you're in the pool and it's behind. I mean, I think that's okay. I'm not sure. I don't well, know. I'm, an, I'm being a pool of sweat. So that's, that works. you know, that might count. <laughs> Jesus. It is that warm, folks. We're not built for this heat. We're really, really not. But yes, the uh, Irish boys. Yeah, it's, it's not good. But again, guys, thank you so much for listening to us on this extended edition of the Wrestling Rewind. Next week, we'll be back to talk about greed because I don't think there is anything coming up next week. Is there just no like pay-per-views and all that? No, no, I don't oh. think so. Not, not, not major. There's, uh, AEW has its like, uh, do you know every so often when they do a Dynamite, but it has a different name yeah, and it's, it's a big show. Like Fight yeah. Fallen or something. Yeah, so there's a couple of them coming up, but I don't think there's anything that's like what you call a full pay-per-view cool well again guys if it changes we'll let you know the best way to keep up today is with our social media which we're updating again we're actually using so we'll be back here next week on the wrestling rewind bye guys take care thank you for listening to a nerd to know media production 